True discipleship happens in a gospel-centered community that's living life together on mission. And this is because a community that does not have the gospel as its center and purpose, well, it's really just a social club. It's when we really live out Jesus' mission that our true need for him and the gospel is revealed in greater ways. The Spirit uses these types of experiences together and the various parts of the body in our community to help us be conformed to Christ. This is how discipleship really happens, not in a classroom, but in a family of missionary servants. Everything we've learned in our lives making disciples and coaching people all over the world to do the same has shown us that discipleship is not simply a one-to-one reality or even an individual reality, like it's on you to grow yourself, but it's a communal one. In fact, Jesus never intended his disciples to go and live out a personal faith on a personal mission all alone. Our identity in Christ is an identity best understood and expressed in community. Welcome to the Everyday Disciple Podcast, where you'll learn how to live with greater intentionality and an integrated faith that naturally fits into every area of life. In other words, discipleship as a lifestyle. This is the stuff your parents, pastors, and seminary professors probably forgot to tell you. And now, here's your host, Caesar Kalinowski. Okie dokie, here we go again. Good to be with you. Hope you are living the dream. <laughs> Hope your day is going well. Hey, have you been uh, watching much of the Olympics? Depending on when you're hearing this, I guess. If you're hearing this in months, it's way over. But I'm kind of thinking about it because all the commercials are about the Olympics. But I don't know a single person who's watching any. Kind of weird. When I was a kid growing up, it was the big deal. Everybody was all about it. And we all had our favorite sports, I guess, that we watched and couldn't miss and all that. And I might still be that way, I guess. But I I haven't caught the spark. I'm not sure what's going on with that. How about you? Hey, guess what? Do you know what next week is? Next week is the five-year anniversary of our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yep, it is coming up. The next episode will be landing actually on our five-year anniversary. That is so hard to believe. Five years ago when Heath and I started up the Life School podcast, then it's become known as the Everyday Disciple podcast. We had no idea if we'd be able to sustain this and move on every week for who knows how long, but we have done it. Next week will be our 271st episode. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that crazy? And I know if you try to do the math, you're like, why doesn't that add up to five times 52? Well, it's because we've done extra episodes and bonus episodes and all those kind of things. But that is amazing to me. Talk about an evidence of God's grace that we continue to be able to take the things that you're writing in about and questions and the people we're discipling and folks we're coaching and continue to speak to how the gospel really speaks into and affects all of normal everyday life and that discipleship is meant to be that way. Did you know this about podcasts? I had to do a little Googling. Kind of a digital pat on the back for myself and Heath, if you will. 12% of podcasts have only published a single episode. And by the way, there's close to a million podcasts out there now. 12% have only published a single episode. 6% haven't made it past two episodes. A lot of tire kickers apparently out there. And half of all podcasts 
have 14 or fewer episodes. So, you know, 271 by next week, yeah. And you know what? You want to celebrate that with us, don't you? I want you to celebrate it with me. In fact, I want you on the show next episode for the anniversary. Let me tell you what I want to do here. We're going to have a little contest. It's just this week. So if you're a regular listener, then you're hearing these episodes right when they start. So you don't have time to mess around, but this will take you seconds. Here's the contest. I want you to share the podcast on social media and then screenshot your share. So if it's Facebook, do a screenshot of that, or if it's on LinkedIn, or if it's Instagram or whatever, screenshot that and then email me or message me. And then I'll pick a winner from everybody. I'll do it randomly. And here's the thing. Multiple entries will get you more chances to win and get to be on the show with me. So again, all you have to do is share out the show. I ask all the time, like, hey, are you sharing this? Are you paying this forward? Here's what you want to do. Just put something nice about the podcast or what you like about it. You could pick a specific episode or whatever. And then share that and say, hey, you need to check this out. EverydayDisciple.com forward slash podcast. That'll take them right to the homepage of the podcast. The current episode will be there, a bunch of episodes below it, and then a link to all the episodes. If you'll do that and then do a screen grab, screenshot, and either email me or message me. Okay, now message me. You can message me through all Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But if you want to email me, just email me at caesar at everydaydisciple.com. Mm-hmm. So share out the link, everydaydisciple.com forward slash podcast. Say a few nice words, take a screenshot of that, and then email me or message me. And, and my email is Caesar. You spell it just like the pizza or the salad dressing, C-A-E-S-A-R, at everydaydisciple.com. And then this needs to happen right away because then I am going to have a winner on, and we're going to record this next week. So this episode is going to be, uh, you're going to be hearing this starting on the 14th. And then so in the next five or six days, whatever comes in, I'm going to pick one, I'm going to get a hold of you, and I'm going to have you on the show with me for the anniversary. Pretty cool, huh? So I hope you'll do that. I know some of you would be like, oh, it'd be fun. How long? It won't be a long tear. We'll, we'll, the whole thing will be less than a half hour of your time. It'll be easy. And I want you to help me celebrate that. I'll probably also be reading off a whole bunch of the people who shared, even though it'll just be one of you. And, and if you're married and you both listen and you want to come on as a couple, great. Awesome. Now, also, today, when I'm recording this episode, we have one, maybe two slots available in a new coaching cohort that Tina and I are starting up real soon. So if you've ever thought about it, been kicking the tires, wondering what that'd be like, now's an opportunity. We're filling up, and this will be the last time we open up a cohort, I'm guessing, until at least fall of this year, so months. So we got one or two slots and if you're interested in, in learning what our coaching is and how we dig deep into discipleship and mission and gospel fluency in everyday life, I'd love you to learn more. And I'm happy to set up a short Zoom call, talk you through it, whatever. Get all the information you need at everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. And there's a little form there you could fill out. You could also email me, same email address, Caesar at everydaydisciple.com and just say, hey, we want that coaching slot. What do we got to do to get in? And we'll let you know. All right. Cool. Now to today's topic. Most people in our churches and most Christians we know cannot multiply or replicate the things they're experiencing on Sundays at a church service. Would you agree? 
mostly no one's doing that. They're not going home and saying, you know, what my neighbors need is they need that six, seven piece worship band in the backyard tonight. And I'm going to set up lots and lots of lights and, or, or what, <laughs> or whatever, or I'm going to have to memorize that sermon from Sunday so I can do it word for word over the back fence or while I'm in line at the grocery. See, no one's generally reproducing that much of what they experience on Sundays. And if what we teach and preach and train others in cannot be reproduced immediately over and over, then it'll never lead to maturity and growth in the church and multiplication of disciples making disciples. Make sense? So what are those biggies, you know, big issues and topics that we must be sure are seeded into our lives and the lives of others for maturity? Well, there's a lot, but I'm going to give you three main components that must be taught, lived out, modeled, reminded, and retaught over and over. And those three are gospel, community, and mission. Yeah, gospel in communities on mission. These three elements are the foundation, the core that we return to over and over and, and that consistently helps disciples connect to God in every area of their lives, gospel, community, and mission. We need to help people increase in the rhythms of living out the gospel together in community, living more and more like a family. And it takes consistent growth in the mission of pursuing people that are not yet part of the family and seeking those God has specifically called us to make disciples of. That takes a real consistency. That has to be modeled, experienced. Otherwise, we all kind of revert back to me, mine, my stuff, my time, my calendar, my preference. So in order to make fully mature disciples of Jesus, I'm just putting it out there. We must live in gospel-centered communities together on mission. There it is again, gospel community mission. It takes all three legs of the stool, if you will. I'm just going to use that analogy. There's three legs to the stool. If you take one out, the whole thing tips over. So now, as we continue on in our conversations series, today, you're going to hear a short but natural conversation between a couple of buddies who meet up at a cafe. They haven't seen each other in a while, and they end up talking about a pretty common misperception connected to discipleship that a lot of us were taught in church and maybe we still hold on to. Here it is. Text message, Peter to Ben. See you at Marley's Cafe at 9 as planned, Peter. Reply, cool Pete, I have something I want to show you, Ben. Hey, over there, Ben, that corner table. I put my green bag on the chair. You want your usual? Thanks, bro. No cream, though. I'll grab the table. How you been, man? How's that coursework coming along? Crazy, Pete. One more semester to go and I am done. I can't wait. I'll be pretty stoked when you're finished too. We all miss the heck out of you lately in community. We need you, buddy, Pete said with a smile and a slap on Ben's shoulder. Don't worry. I've not forsaken the faith. I've just been super busy. But anyway, that's part of what I wanted to show you. Check out these discipleship materials I downloaded. Nine weeks, pretty sharp looking stuff, huh? Okay, what are you thinking? Pete asked. Well, you know how I sort of prefer to be by myself or in more of a one-to-one -one environment. So when I'm done with my last classes, I'm thinking about finding a 
disciple of my own, someone I could pour my wisdom and, I don't know, my life into for Jesus. Well, I like your enthusiasm, Ben, but we've talked before about what it really looks like to make a disciple of Jesus versus a disciple of ourselves. It's not that you don't have a ton to offer some young dude, but to be honest, you're not enough. Come on, Pete. A zillion years in church, and now I'll have graduated from Bible college? I think I can help some young guy understand the Bible better and live like a Christian. That's not what I'm talking about, pal. You're awesome, and you've got a lot to offer, but you are only part of the body. You've been blessed with parts of what Jesus is like. So have I. So have the others in our community. It takes all the different parts of Jesus' body and giftings and perspectives, life experiences, all of that coming to bear on each other's lives to conform us to Christ. And all of it is the work of the Spirit. Pete continued, Ben, if you spent the next three years discipling some young guy, he would most certainly grow and mature in his faith. But he would look most like you spiritually which is not entirely a bad thing, don't get me wrong, except the goal is to make mature disciples of Jesus, not disciples of us. That takes the whole community, the entire body of Jesus, with the gospel at the center of everything. The gospel becomes our true north, if you will, guiding and shaping it all. Well, that makes sense, but I still like being alone with fewer people. I guess I like to stay in the Word and work out my faith that way. The community thing is tough for me. Well, bro, that's part of your growth toward being like Jesus. He loved people and he loved being in the mess of things. He also spent time alone and in prayer. I love you and I want to see you shaped by all the freaky, faith-filled friends that God has made part of our family. You need it. We need it. We need you. So if I found a person or two that I could pour into, would that be a good thing or a bad thing, Ben asked. Well, that would be amazing. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a few people that we sort of spiritually parent along the way. But we need to help make sure that they are actively involved in a gospel community where their faith and lives can be shaped out on mission. That's where the real growth happens rubber to road stuff. You know how it is, Ben. When we get outside of our comfort zones and move beyond life shaped around our preferences and timeline, our real gospel needs and areas of unbelief emerge. All those places where we're not believing the truth about God or what he has done for us through Christ start to become evident. It's also how we see the times where we are not believing and living out of our new identity as a family of missionary servants, with our lives radically reoriented around being disciples and making more disciples. That kind of growth and maturing doesn't happen in a classroom type of environment. Wow, Pete, it sounds like you've given this a lot of thought. Well, sorry for the mini sermon, bro. I'll shut up now. Let me tell you what was originally on my mind this morning. Okay, did you like that? I feel like I've had that same conversation with an awful lot of different people, especially the part about it taking a full community, the body of Christ to make mature disciples. 
so often we've been sort of taught that we can only do one-to-one discipleship or we hide behind that term introverted or whatever, though it doesn't mean any of that. And we think that we can make mature disciples that way and that way alone. And of course, like in that short conversation, it's not saying that we can't pour into someone, but our primary one-to-one relationship is to make sure they, the people we're discipling, are connected to a gospel community on mission. Well, that's one of our biggest roles. And that doesn't mean just like in our parenting or whatever, or sometimes like Jesus did with his disciples, you won't have times when you're alone with one person in the community, but that's not the way it primarily is going to happen. You see, if we could make disciples just one-to-one, we would have seen Jesus doing that, but he didn't, did he? He primarily did it in community with others as they were out on mission. We cannot lead others to become mature disciples of Jesus without these three components working in conjunction with one another. Discipleship, true discipleship, happens in a gospel-centered community that's living life together on mission. And this is because a community that does not have the gospel as its center and purpose, well, it's really just a social club. It's like any other social club out there. It's when we really live out Jesus' mission that our true need for him and the gospel is revealed in greater ways. The Spirit uses these types of experiences together and the various parts of the body in our community to help us be conformed to Christ. This is how discipleship really happens, not in a classroom, but in a family of missionary servants. Everything we've learned in our lives making disciples and coaching people all over the world to do the same has shown us that discipleship is not simply a one-to-one reality or even an individual reality, like it's on you to grow yourself, but it's a communal one. In fact, Jesus never intended his disciples to go and live out a personal faith on a personal mission all alone. Our identity in Christ is an identity best understood and expressed in community. What's God like? Well, he exists three in one, submitted one to another for God's glory. When we live in community that way, see, that's why it's required because we are imaging closer to God's glory, what he's really like. It's when we live and work together in a bond of love and unity that all the parts of Jesus' body, that's the church, come together into this glorious display of what he's like. Or it can. To get a better grasp on this, ask yourself these questions. Gospel. Are people being trained in their gospel fluency? The way you're doing discipleship in your community or in your church, are you actively training people in their gospel fluency and they're getting to practice it in all the normal stuff of life? How can you help people grow in the gospel in ways that they understand and can reproduce naturally? Community. Ask yourself this. Is the way we are living like an oikos like an extended family? And is it easily and naturally reproducible by everyone in any context? Or are we just kind of doing a weekly meeting and hoping somehow it'll add up to lots of new disciples becoming mature and all that? Are we really living like a family of missionary servants? And then mission. Have we kept the mission of making disciples clear and upfront? Like, does everyone know in our community, in our church, that that's why we exist It's clear. It's up front. We talk about it a lot. It's seen as something important and imminent and organic. It's a part of our everyday life. It's not just about when you sit here on Sunday or 
a midweek meeting an evening a week and then we take summers off does does everyone know that do they know we're making disciples and going to consistently and clearly live like family that needs to be communicated clearly now Within discipleship, there are, of course, many different topics and teachings that go into the full picture of making mature disciples. The process ultimately takes a lifetime. But for the sake of today, let's briefly begin to think about how you could teach and model here some of the following things in ways that are reproducible by others. Think about gospel fluency, soul care, conflict resolution, hospitality, finances and generosity, time management, our work ethic, parenting skills, stuff on biblical marriage and Bible knowledge and how to read and understand the word, how to pray. All those are important things. That's all part of discipleship. And they all fall under the broader categories of gospel, community, and mission. But notice How many of these things can only be taught and reproduced in normal life as others observe and participate in your life? Let's just grab a couple for example. Uh, Finances and generosity. You could teach a course on finances, but wouldn't it be even more powerful if you opened up your own budget and talked about some of your own stories and then sat down with another couple and showed them how to set up a budget and then checked in once a month and how's that going and brought some accountability? Yeah, see the difference? Or how about hospitality? Can you teach hospitality in an impeccable way by just watching cooking shows <laughs> on cable? Or would it be good to hang out and those people who are really gifted explaining how they make everybody feel so comfortable and how do you stretch so little food into such a, an amazing feast and all those things. So if you think through that list, all that stuff really does have to happen with the gospel at the center. In other words, why are we doing all this to show what God's like and understanding that gospel connection in community on mission? In other words, for the sake of finding more and more people who God's wanting to bring back into the family. Now, let's do a little diagnostic. What happens if you remove any one of the three legs of the stool? Okay, so the three legs again, gospel, community, and mission. So if your church or your missional community or small group or whatever you call it, only has two of the three legs. Let's say you don't have the gospel at the center. So that was sort of seen as how you get your ticket to heaven. But in community, you're not really having the gospel at the center. You're just studying stuff and hanging out together. And you're really nice to your friends. Well, that's kind of like a social club because the gospel's not at the center. So it doesn't work. We're not God's family on his mission unless the gospel's at the center. Well, let's say we have the gospel at the center and we are really starting to live more and more like a family, but we rarely are out serving anyone or looking for new people of peace. That's the leg that's missing, so the stool tips over. Well, why is that? Well, we've got the gospel, and we're starting to live like a family, but the gospel hasn't taken root deep enough to send us out as missionaries to find who's next and to display what God's really like as we serve others. See, you can do that with all three of the legs. Well, let's just keep going. I'll do it with the last one. So let's say you've got the gospel and and you're out like crazy, just serving all the time and all that, but you don't live like a family. So what do you have? Well, it still tips over because what you have is you sort of have a church-based Red Cross. You're out serving like crazy. You wave the banner of Jesus, but if you really believed that, you'd live like a family and increasingly give your life away. See, we can't 
do this without all three legs of the stool, gospel, community, and mission, or we'll never get to maturity. Again, this is a critical set of topics to grapple with and have conversations about if we want to see our church, our people really engage in mission and discipleship as our primary mission and focus and really move things well beyond classes and just learning stuff. So I want to, again, encourage you to be sharing these episodes and starting to have these conversations with others who you're doing life and ministry with. If you're serious about making mature disciples, you need all three of these, gospel, communion, mission, and probably all these topics need to be discussed. And I just want to say, remember, if you share this episode or any episode or just share that you love the Everyday Disciple podcast with others, and you send me a screenshot this week, well, you may be the big winner and get to join me for our fifth anniversary episode. Okay, woo All right, just share out what you're learning or what you like about the show, and then add the link, everydaydisciple.com forward slash podcast, okay? I just want these types of conversations to start happening in your life and in the lives of the people you're leading more and more. I know you want that too. And again, if you want help in any or all of this, we'd love to have you in this coaching cohort that's just getting started. There's one, maybe two slots left. Jump on that if you're interested. At least let's have a conversation and see if it's a good fit. All right, just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash coaching. Now it's time for the big three, (laughs) the big three takeaways from today's talk. If nothing else, you don't want to miss these. If you were busy or you're not a fast writer or don't like taking notes or whatever, I've done it for you. And I'll send you a PDF that you can download and print off of the big three for free. Just go to everydaydisciple.com forward slash big three, B-I-G three. Here are the big three for this week. Number one. What areas of your teaching, equipping, and discipleship need to be experienced in community on mission in order to truly be grasped? Pick one area of your discipleship with others that's been relegated to a classroom. Now, brainstorm ways that these things could be taught in community with others out on mission. Get out and serve together, and then have a meal afterwards to discuss the gospel implications and what was learned. Things like that and regularly serving others as a community provides a vast amount of opportunities for the gospel to be applied to areas of our unbelief. What other ideas do you have? I'd love to hear them. Number two, if mature disciples could be made in a one-to-one setting alone or sitting in classrooms, Jesus would have done it that way. Jesus came in the flesh and he hung out in the neighborhood. And he loved us enough to not broadcast a whole load of truth from Scripture at us and send us out just hoping for the best. And here's some good news for the journey. Jesus said that he will never leave us or forsake us on this mission. That's good news. Number three, think through the three legs of the stool, gospel, community, mission. Assess which of these three are most commonly missing from your overall disciple-making process. Can you see the results of not having all three? Are they showing up? Because they will. We cannot lead others to become mature disciples of Jesus without these three components working in conjunction with one another. Now get out there. Lead the way. Show others how to walk in the ways of Jesus in everyday life. Okay, that's it for today. 
I hope that's super helpful. I'd love to hear what you're thinking on all this. Join me next time as we continue on in our conversations series. You're going to hear a conversation about the true differences between a traditional church small group and a vibrant missional community. Who's the focus of your communities? If it's primarily existing for your own benefit, well, we're not living as God intended. This will be a very interesting and important conversation. I hope you'll join me. Talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us today. For more information on this show and to get loads of free discipleship resources, visit everydaydisciple.com. And remember, you really can live with the spiritual freedom and relational peace that Jesus promised every day. 